Greetings, this is Coach Jackie with Uzazi Podcast. Today I will be discussing matters sexual molestation and to help me with this I have Dr. Jane Wasike Siminyu with me. Dr. Jane is a forensic pathologist who also has a passion for family life counseling. Welcome Daktari. Thank you. Um, I'd like us to start off by defining what um, sexual molestation of minors is. Uh, thank you. I think I want to start off by, first of all, letting us know who is a minor. A minor, according to Section 145 of the Penal Code, is a child aged 16 years and below. At that age, he or she does not fully comprehend anything to do with the sexual assault. The child is not developmentally prepared and the child cannot give consent in as far as matters, sex and sexual molestation is concerned. Mm-hmm. Then we would also would like to know what is sexual assault yeah sure this is an act in which a person intentionally touches another person without the person's consent a person may also coerce or physically force a person to engage in a sexual act against their will okay so, um, thank you for explaining to us who a minor is and uh, what sexual assault is. When we were talking about this the other day, you mentioned to me that there are different types of uh, sexual um, assault. Could you please explain what those types are? Okay. We may have physical assault. We may also have verbal assault. Psychological or emotional assault, assault, and more recently, digital assault. Mm-hmm. This may occur between a child to child. It may be teacher to student, sports coach to athlete, among friends, religious leaders to their trainees, doctors to patients, it may even be your neighbor from a parent or even guardians. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Dr. Jenny, yes, in fact, I think um, that uh, we have seen in several situations that uh, often uh, sexual assault happens from somebody who is um, quite close to the child or sometimes, as you have said, even within the family. Uh, please share with us, in your experience, what kind of sexual um, assault do you observe most op- often? Okay, thank you. In my line of work, what is brought to the fore mainly is the physical assault. And in most cases, this is either rape or sodomy. With rape, this is described as penetration of the vagina or the anus by the penis without consent. This is now to a female minor. 
Sodomy is to the male minor where we have penetration of the anal opening or oral sex. We may also have what we call indecent assault and this ranges from inappropriate touching, fondling, penetration using fingers or foreign objects or encouraging a child to handle the offender's sexual organs or rubbing oneself sexually against a person or touching a child's cloth, hair, body, patting or stroking. Okay. Um, please also give us a, a little bit more detail about some of the other types of sexual assault that you mentioned. Okay, we have verbal assault. And this mainly occurs when there is like whistling suggestively. There may be sexual com comments about a minor's clothes or the way they are dressed, their body or looks. Then we can also have psychological or emotional assault where somebody can peep at a child when the child is in the bathroom or dressing. Then there's also indecent assault by exposing their sexual organs to the victim. So the, the child sees the sexual organs and this affects them psychologically. And while this is happening, the child is threatened or bribed not to say Some people may even show pornography materials, magazines, from magazines or the internet, or take pornographic pictures of them, but caution them or threaten them should they mention it. Then I lastly mentioned digital, but this is largely accidental where children, while handling gadgets, may accidentally be exposed to pornographic material via the internet. Okay, so it looks like um, sexual molestation or sexual assault actually can happen in very many areas yes. uh, in, and in situations where our children find themselves. Um, now, could you please just help us to understand how can a parent tell uh, that their child has been molested because you have mentioned that uh, when children are sexually molested they are often threatened not to talk about it um maybe i should start by saying that um, a parent's intuition is always very key especially mothers so if you have an intuition that this may be happening to your child believe it then you, you need to be available and observant. And also be kind to, to the child you are suspecting this is happening to. And then make wise decisions in the steps you take and be courageous.
There is also silent communication from the child. There may be change in behavior. The child may start wetting their bed when they had actually stopped doing so. There may be poor performance in school. The child may stop taking part in activities with their peers. The child may even become defiant or refuse to go to school or insist on changing of schools. So what you need to do is to find a way of communicating to this child and as you communicate, listen and respect what the child tells you. Do not dictate. Try as much as possible to understand. Then talk to them, but not at them. And last and most important is you have to protect the child by believing in them. This mainly is uh, what you do, especially in cases of the verbal, psychological, emotional, and digital cases. Uh, what about the cases of uh, physical assault? I mean, if you know that your child has been raped or sodomized, what are the practical steps that a parent should take? In, in such cases, we still call upon the parent to be very courageous and then protect the child by getting the child away from the attacker. You could call a friend or a family member you trust and you also need to report to the authorities and take the child to a hospital. There are some important steps one needs to take if they find that their child has been raped or sodomized. What one needs to do is to, first of all, you, you do not wash the child. Don't comb their hair or clean any part of their body. Do not change their clothes. Do not disturb the scene. Go to the nearest hospital where there will be treatment and collection of evidence. This evidence will be collected using what we call a rape kit. And with this, they'll get some fibers, hairs, saliva, semen, or even part of the clothing which they will use to do DNA tests to ascertain who the culprit is or to confirm if it has actually happened and if whoever you suspect is the actual culprit. Okay. Um, you mentioned that there are other kinds of sexual assault, such as psychological um, assault, where we cannot collect such physical evidence. What can a parent do? Even in verbal and psychological assault, 
first and foremost, the parent has to protect their child. They need to be available. Then the environment in which the child is being assaulted needs to be sorted out. At times, it may be when they are going to the shop, people whistle at them and things like that. You can accompany your child, you can send them with an older person, or you can stop sending them when they are alone. It can be child to child, and as parents, you could sit and talk and sort it out. If it is in school, then as a parent, you need to go to the school management and if other parents have to be called in, you sit and talk about it and have it sorted out. Our children these days like going for sports, for music and whatnot. If they come up and say the coach is assaulting them, then that also needs to be addressed. If it is at home, you make changes. This uncle, this auntie, this neighbor, and even this parent, you need to try and make changes which will protect the child. Then some of us have this habit of encouraging our children to go to Oshago to visit their grandparents during the holidays. That is very good. But we also need to know what environment are your children going to be in. Because there they also meet some of these other relatives, distant, close who may assault these children. So it is important that you listen to them when they come from there, listen to what they tell you, be interested in what exactly was happening to them while they were there. We need to avoid denial. We need to believe the minor and support the minor. And last and most important, we need to seek psychotherapy services for these children. Uh, thank you, Daktari. Um, um, in this podcast, we like to focus on what parents can do from the inside out in order to achieve the results that they want for their children. So for today, I want to encourage you to reflect on the environment in which your children are growing up. Daktari has mentioned uh, the fact that um, children are often molested within their own environment, uh, the kind of places where they go to the shops or the kind of people that uh, you leave them at home with. Think about things that you may have observed if you have observed certain changes in behavior in your child. It is a good idea to try and understand where these changes in behavior are coming from. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you again at the next podcast.